Welcome to the Art of Custom from Hibs Homes. In this special bonus episode, we are talking about us. We dive into the core values of Hibs Homes, go back to where it all started, and share why we absolutely love what we do. Melody, we have something different we're going to be doing on uh, this episode of The Art of Custom, but we thought this would be a good time to slow down a little bit to maybe talk a little bit more about who the heck is Hibbs Homes and why are we hosting a podcast? What do you think of that idea? I think it sounds like a lot of fun, and there are so many questions that I could ask. So. Oh, so you're going to be asking me questions? I mean, if that's okay. What yes. if I ask you some questions? I may have the answer, and if I don't, I have Google. <laughs> well, you are the director of marketing, and I think the director of marketing should have all the answers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, no, this, this, this I think will be a good idea because, again, season four, we've had three uh, seasons before this. We've really never talked talked a lot about Hibbs Homes, who we are, and why we do what we do. So let's give it a shot. Fire uh, fire away. Ask okay. me some questions. So tell me about what started the Hibbs Homes idea back in 2004 is when you officially launched the company. Right. But what happened leading up to that? Wow. Um, so I have a, a family who has um, you know, some, some history in, in the construction industry, real estate industry. My brother is a very successful civil engineer down in Texas. I have a brother who has you know, managed many different properties up in the Minneapolis area. So we've always kind of had real estate, if you will, some a little bit of construction in our background. But I'll be flat out honest. My wife and I had had two kids. Um, Jan did not want to go back to work full time. And we wanted an opportunity that would allow us, obviously, extra income and to do something ourselves. We wanted to be entrepreneurs. My dad was an entrepreneur. Both my brothers were. And it was just kind of something that was was in our, our blood, if you will. And so in 2002 is when Hibbs Enterprises began. That's when we were um, buying homes and, and fixing them up and then selling them. People call it flipping. And we did that for a couple of years before 2004 when Hibbs Homes was formally launched. We enjoyed it, Melody, but I don't know that we felt fulfilled in what we were doing. And the reason I say that is Jan and I are, are usually pretty thorough. We're very detailed. We, we want to do the best job possible with everything that we do. And so what we found is when we were doing our flips, we would always want to do a little bit more than we should. Because when it comes to real estate, you know this, everything, especially existing homes, it, it really does come down to cost per square foot. So we would always say to ourselves, if we move this wall, people are going to love it. They, they, they would be willing to pay a little bit more. If we upgrade appliances, if we upgrade plumbing fixtures, people will really appreciate that. What we found is that that's not necessarily the case because a seasoned real estate agent would come back and say, hey, you're overpriced. Here's the comps. This is what we're willing to pay. So we battled that over those two years, enjoyed it, learned a lot. I did a lot of the work myself. But by 2004, we decided new construction sounded like it was going to be a much better path for us. And so that's when we decided to start building some spec homes back in 2004. And, and that's when we actually changed from Hibs Enterprises to Hibs Homes. So what was the first Hibs home you built? We built a, uh, a spec home over in Kirkwood, Missouri. It's a suburb outside of the St. Louis area. 
you know, enjoyed that project thoroughly. We ran into some some issues early on just with the excavation because as an okay. infill builder, we um, a lot of times when we we don't know what's under the ground before you start digging, you're either going to run into a home that was previously there and buried, which is what we ran into, or we're going to run into clay soil, which of course you have to mitigate clay soil. But we used it as a learning experience. I joined the uh, the local St. Louis Home Builders Association. And uh, that kind of began my career path, if you will, with the National Association of Home Builders as well. But we did. We, we built the home in Kirkwood, learned a lot. I used it as kind of an educational opportunity. I was at the job site every single day. I was truly trying to work with the trades, learn from the trades, understand everything. Because if I'm going to be building homes, I want to understand the business and I want to really dive in and learn everything I can. So I did it and that's uh, and, and I learned and then we went on from there. We built uh, a couple of really cool homes. You're familiar with the Shaw neighborhood in, in the city of St. Louis, very close to where we're taping this podcast. We built the first two new homes in that neighborhood in 100 years. And they were very particular, and rightly so, about what was going to be built there. So we had to go through a a very um, strict, stringent, detailed architectural review process. We had to have approval by the ward president for... Um, in, in that particular district, you know, we were able to accomplish both. We built the homes to be wonderful families, purchased them and moved into, into the homes. As a matter of fact, traded emails with one of them not that long ago. Um, so that was a fun project because when we, we first cut our teeth, if you will, kind of with the renovation, one of the things we did, I think it was in 2003, is we converted an old four-family flat in South St. Louis into a single-family home, a luxury home. And so we, we've always had kind of a soft spot for historic buildings and historic neighborhoods. And so to be able to build two beautiful new homes that really were designed to fit seamlessly into the neighborhood was a fun project. That's something that's kind of unique about mm-hmm. Hips Homes, too. I know um, you've been recognized as Infill Builder of the Year, not mm-hmm. once, but a few Couple times. times yeah. And so a lot of people have this impression that a new home builder is going to come in and just build whatever they want. So what is that What is that process? You say you have a lot of respect. So how is it a little bit different going into those historic neighborhoods? Well, understanding that when you turn on the news, a lot of times you do see the battles between the what they call the McMansion. So you have builders who are coming into existing neighborhoods and trying to max out what they're building. We truly do try to take a little bit of a different approach. I mean, we've been building in many neighborhoods across the St. Louis area, large lots, small lots, everything in between. But we really do try to be intentional about what we're building. Even if we're building a spec home, we're not going to build you know, a spec home that, that goes from setback to setback. We want to be intentional to make sure that we're building something that's size-wise and design-wise fits into the neighborhood. And the neighborhood that I live in, we've built several homes in there. And I I often have people who live in the same neighborhood come up and say, we appreciate what you're building on our neighborhood because it's not one of these big homes that takes up, you know, all the space and it, it kind of is out of proportion with the neighborhood. So even when we go into some of these historic neighborhoods like Kirkwood and Webster and all here in St. Louis, we try to be very intentional. Now, part of it too, though, Melody, is we've been fortunate to find clients who want to respect that as well. Our first infill of the year award was for a home we built in Kirkwood. It was an Italianate type design, but it's to me the most beautiful home on the block. 
the the uh, the couple who designed it and we built it for them wanted to do something intentional like that. And so it's kind of a combination of our philosophy and the good fortune of having clients who don't want to build the McMansions, if you will. That's one other difference about Hibbs Homes is kind of careful about who you work with, right? That, right. Like, make sure that it's a good fit with the builder and with the client. So Yeah, an excellent point because you got to realize this is a minimum of a two-year journey. Not that it's going to take you two years to build the home, but it's going to take three to four months to design the home budget the home, permit the home, and then it's going to take, depending upon the size, eight months or so to build it. But then you have the one-year warranty period as well. So I think that relationship between the client and the builder is extremely important. And so some tips for people who are considering building is making sure that when you put your team together, you do have not only a great relationship with your builder and your architect, but also that you respect each other and you understand each other. Um, because it's a it's a long time, two years in a, in a high pressure relationship like this, where you're building someone's home, the biggest investment they're going to make. You've got to have a real good relationship with them. And we've talked about the fact that with custom home building, there's always going to be an issue that's going to come up, <laughs> right? I mean, there is. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, when we sit down with our clients during the, the, the sales process, if you will, we try to tell them that building a home that has never been designed before, you do. You run into some issues, pinch points, hiccups, whatever terminology you want to use, because that that home has never been built. You, you don't know. Maybe you have a, a connection issue that you're not aware of. Maybe the roof line doesn't come together quite like the architect designed. Maybe you've got other issues that you're going to come across. So what I, what I try to counsel everybody is make sure you're comfortable with your builder because what I tell everybody is if we run into one of those issues, we're going to try to come back to you not only and explain what's going on, but also have some options on how to work through those issues. And I think that's critical. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't need a builder at all. Right. You could do it yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the uh, the benefit of having an experienced custom mm-hmm. home builder. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you evolve into custom luxury homes, you know, if you were just building and decided you wanted to do, you know, a home here and there, not a subdivision, obviously, Correct. right? Yeah. How did that focus come about? It just sort of unfolded. It, it's kind of our, and when I say our, I'm talking about myself and my wife, Jan, and, and the, the phenomenal team that we have developed, which of course includes you. Um, it's kind of who we are. You know, as a, as a custom builder, you can take a couple of different routes. You can, you know, you can just build a home as kind of a business and and not look at it as kind of your calling. We truly look at this as a very unique opportunity because we've never built the same home twice. Think about that. That's a lot of fun to know that everything we do is different and we're never designing the same home, finishing the same home. And so everything we do is fresh, it's fun, it's exciting. That's part of the reason that we do what we do. But then it's, it's just, it just seems like the clientele that, that we kind of gravitated toward, they gravitated toward us as well. And it's just kind of worked out that we love building you know, beautiful homes that our clients absolutely love and that they feel luxurious inside these homes. Now, I don't want to confuse people by using the word luxury. It doesn't mean these are 10, 15, 20 million dollar homes. Our price point average is about a million, maybe a little over a million. 
you know, and that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. We finished a home recently in Olivet, Missouri. We saw the pictures of that home. And I thought to myself, how could that home only be a $650,000, $700,000 home? It looks like a million-dollar home. That makes me more excited than some of the million, five, or $2 million homes that we're building because I see what it means to the family that we're building this home for and the value that they're getting and the beautiful home that they're getting, and it's finished just the way they want every little detail. And that gets me excited. And that's why we truly do love what we do. And we love making clients happy about the value that they're getting for their luxury home. The custom home process with all of the challenges that you face, are you a little bit of an adrenaline junkie? Because (laughs) your previous life... Before building homes, you were in the news business. I was. That's uh, yeah, that's true. I was. I was in the radio and the television industry. I was a news anchor, news reporter. A lot of times, people say, "How did you go from one to the other?" And if you think about it, though, what did I just talk about? I just talked about how fun it was to never design or build the same home twice. Everything was new. Everything was fresh in the news industry. Every day, it was a different story. It was covering something a little bit different, so it was never the same thing. Um, And then the other thing I take from it is communication skills. I think one of our core values for our company is unmatched communication. And that's something I learned in the communication industry. You, You have to be an excellent communicator in order to have people who are trusting you to deliver the news understand what you're telling them and that you have credibility and that they can believe you. And it's the same thing in the home building industry. I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is the biggest purchase someone is going to make. They have to have faith in you, confidence in you, trust in you. And I think part of that is the, the communication skills that come along with it. And that's one of the reasons I think our team really is, is excellent at what we do because it is one of our core values. And that communication component is something that each one of them follows. Well, and even uh, you know, taking an idea and turning it into reality, it might have yes. something to do with knowing how to ask the right questions of mm-hmm. your clients too. My, my wife always at, laughs at me because no matter if she might have a conversation, even with a friend or something, and, and she'll tell me about it, and I say, well, did you ask her this or did you ask that? And she just kind of rolls her eyes because she knows that there's always another question or two that I'm going to come up with. So to your point, you're right. One of the things that we try to do during the design phase with our clients is truly ask the important questions so they really understand that the answers are going to dictate how we design this house and that, that we're going to ask questions that make them think about how they live in this house so it's designed properly. And then it goes on down to when we get into the budgeting phase, we want to make sure we're asking the appropriate questions so we know how to set the appropriate budget. And then when construction begins, we want to make sure that we're communicating properly with the trade so they don't have any questions, so they, they can understand you know, exactly how we want the house constructed. So I, communication is such an important tool in everybody's life, and I think especially in the industry that we're in. We're doing a podcast now. Mm-hmm. Seems like a natural extension of mm-hmm. both of those. I've loved it too. By so the way. I was not with the company. I, I I was on sabbatical, is what I'll mm-hmm. start calling it, um, for a little while. And when and the we podcast, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so when the podcast came up, and so how did this idea start, and wh- where did it come from? Me. Okay. And this was what four years ago. So podcasts were in in the infancy. So it's not now. Right now, it seems like everybody has a podcast. But what I wanted to do with the podcast is be able to 
give people a true understanding of what the custom home building process was all about in a kind of a non-threatening environment. Because I think sometimes people have a hard time picking up the phone and, and saying, hey, I just want to learn about this because they think somebody's going to hard sell them. I wanted them to be able to, you know, to listen to what is the process, what's involved, what's the cost, what's the reason. And so that's why in the very first season, season number one, we took everybody from start to finish. If you're thinking about building a custom home, what do you need to know? Uh, and then season number two, we actually followed the construction of one of our homes in the Dogtown neighborhood here in the St. Louis area. And we focused more heavily on the actual construction components because as a high performance builder, we do build differently than a, than a typical code builder. And we wanted to kind of walk people through what that meant. When we say we focus on four or five core things, the wall assembly, the windows, the insulation, and the HVAC, we wanted to be able to explain why what it meant and what it meant to the to the bottom line and things like that. And then season three, when it came around, the pandemic kind of changed the entire environment in which we work and kind of um, how we operate with clients and things like that. So you had the, the really good idea of actually kind of recreating season number one, freshening the material to what we're dealing with today. So season three of the podcast, that's what we did. And then season four, I think, quite frankly, Melody, has probably been my most enjoyable because we're, we're going room to room and we're really focusing on the design and the finishes of a home. And what I'm finding is, first of all, the guests have been phenomenal. They, they've truly been wonderful, whether it's Anne and Anna from our design team or some of the experts that we brought in from around the country or St. Louis um, or northern Utah where we're building. They, they've just been not only fun but very knowledgeable. And some of the details that we're getting into in season four, down to the pillows on the bed, <laughs> I mean, singing in the shower, just some of the fun things. But it's, it's really been good information that whether you're building new, renovating, or you just want to freshen up your space, there's great information in, in our season four. My husband is very surprised that I'm asking for a coffee station in our master bedroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, that came um, up too. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, well, you have to listen to the podcast. Yes. Now it tells me you're not listening to the podcast. Come on, David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the things that I also am curious about is the focus on high performance. Mm -hmm. I know that it kind of was an evolution of green home building and um, net zero homes. And we've always been a leader in that space and an educator in that space. And so I want to make sure that um, everybody gets to know about the, the cool part <laughs> of the business where we've built homes just to educate people right. the, about Green yeah, home we, we've done a couple of projects, high profile projects, and we actually open those homes up a couple times during construction and do tours because and we open it up to the public. And, and one project we did in Webster Groves, Active House, the first active house in, in North America, we had hundreds of people come through to and we got to explain to them how we're building and why. It might have something to do that I was born on Earth Day. I have no idea. You but were? when I started building homes, I was like, I want to build the best home possible, a home that's responsible, a home that has a softer footprint, a home that's softer with your heating and cooling bills, clean indoor air quality, everything that kind of goes along with it. And really what that led me to, Melody, remember when I said we got into this, I jumped in from an educational standpoint. I joined the HBA. I became a, a board member for the National Association of Home Builders. I became a, a, a master certified green professional through the National Association of Home Builders. And I did that intentionally because I wanted to 
learn as much as I could, not only about building, but what is the best way to build. If you're going to build somebody a home, make sure that it's very efficient, that you have low heating and cooling bills. Make sure that it's very comfortable, room to room, floor to floor. Make sure that you don't have a lot of maintenance going on with it. So there, there's a couple of reasons. It was more fulfilling to be building better homes. And number two, it's more fulfilling to be able to have a client benefit from one of those better built homes. Now, Truth be told, over the past, what, 17, 18 years we've been building, the construction codes have leveled that playing field. So where we were building well above codes back in the you know, 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 range, now that field has been leveled because on a national level and on a local level, the codes are, are really becoming more and more strict with a lot of things. However, we still, to this day, look for ways to build above code and deliver our clients with a better built home. It's just something that's kind of in my, in my nature and, and kind of our, our team thrives on, on building those homes. And that's taken on a whole different meaning in the last couple of years, too, with the healthier indoor air quality. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think doesn't get enough attention is the lower maintenance for the homes as well. Because, right. um, you know, you talk about sustainability. It's so much more sustainable to have a home that you're not going to have to remodel or tear down in 20 years. It extends further than right. just, you know, the, I, I, using green materials in your home it does. when you're Yeah, we're, we're, we look at our homes and we, we really kind of call them 100-year homes because we're building them to be around for a century, whereas most homes built right now are, what, 30, 40, 50, maybe 60 years old, and then you have to demolish them. I say deconstruct because we do try to deconstruct and repurpose the material. Um, But to your point, our goal for the homeowner, for us, for the environment, for everybody, is to build a better home that requires less maintenance. So it means the materials we're using, the design instead of two by four walls, two by six walls, better you know insulation, better windows, everything about the homes is going to be better. So these homes do truly require less maintenance by the homeowner. And that's reflected in lenders. Lenders will actually take into account the heating and cooling bills, the less maintenance, everything that goes along with the homes we build, and they will actually allow the owner to borrow a little bit more money to finance these homes because they know the operating costs are going to be much lower on the back end. So it's, it's again, hiring the builder who can be your advocate, not only in the building process, but also in the financing process. And, you know, that's the one thing that as, as a member of the National Association of Home Builders and, and active in a lot of their, their different councils and all, I've met some just phenomenal builders who share the same passion, or quite frankly, some of them share <laughs> a higher level of passion than I do about building. And that's very encouraging because I've also know that, you know, production builders, production builders are the guys that are building the neighborhoods. Sometimes they can get a rap, a bad rap for only thinking about the bottom line. It's just a different business model, right? We're focusing on truly the clients and, and pleasing the clients and building the clients' budgets and everything. Whereas, you know, their philosophy is, hey, this is a business and I get that. This is the home we build. These are the selections you get to choose from. These are the specs that we follow to build our home. 
two different things, but it kind of brings us to the to the same pathway eventually. But there, I guess the bottom line is there's so many good builders out there that my recommendation, if, if somebody's listening to this and thinking about building a home, great place to start is with your local home builders association. They'll go to their website. They'll have a drop-down menu of builders. If a builder is a member of the local HBA, or the National Association of Home Builders, you can trust that they're serious about what they do, and they're going to take pride in their work. They're going to take care of their clients. So that's a great place to start for anybody thinking about building. Well, and there's a place in the market for production builders. Oh, absolutely. Just like absolutely. there's for luxury. It's, yeah. um, I mean, some of my good friends from the, the local HBA are production builders. I was at a, at a banquet yesterday as the new president got inducted and, um, you know, had a, had a group picture with some of the past presidents. I was president back in 2017. And it, absolutely. And that's it was funny because one of the stories that came out of yesterday's meeting was that St. Louis is a unique market. Now, we're also members of the HBA in Park City, Utah, and Salt Lake City, but St. Louis is a unique market because here we are builders who are competitors with each other, and yet we're friends. We get together, we talk, we help each other, and that's very unique for a, a lot of markets, if you think about it. Actually, a lot of professions, if you think about it. You know, with the podcast, one of the things that a lot of other home-building podcasts are they're all focused on talking to other builders. Right. And, um, we're a little bit different. And can you explain to me why you decided not to go the route? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty heavily involved with, you know, making sure that other builders are just as well educated uh-huh. and prepared, you know, in the market and that share and share like uh, right. idea. But why, why not do a podcast for other builders then? It never crossed my mind. <laughs> it really didn't. Yeah. When, when I first started thinking about the podcast and, and we kind of you know started vetting it it never it was always about potential you know the consumer or you know someone who might want to build a home it was never about another builder and that it might sound weird but i'm always about trying to help educate someone who who might be thinking about building a custom home so that was always the intent of the podcast and you have other builders on as guests yeah i know like we that, have so. and it's 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 fun because there's a great group of builders across the country. Why not learn from them? We talked about this on the way down too. I love learning. I, I've learned something from every project that we do. My mindset is if we're not learning something from every project, we're either too lazy or we're doing something wrong because you truly can learn. And I think we then can use that to build a better home the next time. And we've been doing this a long time. So we've learned a lot over the years. I love being part of the podcast also because it is a brand podcast, mm-hmm. but it's not a, we're not selling uh, people on the homes. It's genuinely no. uh, for educational and entertainment. Yeah. Value. And, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that truly is the intent because many times during the podcast, we talk about the number of awesome builders there are, whether it's Northern Utah, Jason Ledyard, a great friend of mine with Ledyard Homes here in St. Louis. You know, there's Mark Rash with Benchmark. There's John Soltaus with King. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There's just so many good builders. This truly is trying to help educate the public. If you want to build a home, here's what you need to know and helping you kind of you know figure out how to go find the builder that's a good match for you. So now we have the enormous task of planning season five. Dun, dun, dun. I have a couple of ideas on that, though. Oh, we've yeah. talked about them. You've got some ideas. I look forward to season five because what we've learned is it's been an interesting journey. We've given everybody a look at what the process is like. We've given everybody a look at you know behind the scenes of building a house. We've taken everybody through the design process room by room. I think in season number five, we will 
Obviously, it's going to be construction related, but you know, maybe we'll make it more personality driven. Maybe we'll make it more story driven. I'm sure we're going to come up with something that'll be fun for all of our listeners. I agree. Thanks for joining us for this season four bonus episode. We love to educate people about custom home building and are glad you're here to listen and learn with us. Stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss the exciting content coming up in season five.